hello welcome to episode 331 of sack king's therapy uh we're coming to you i guess the third episode of the week what what do you consider the start of the week sunday or monday fall Ooh, that's tough i, I usually monday just because you know work of course um but you know there's some people that start uh work on sunday so uh I guess it's up to <laughs> whoever it is, I guess. Well, according to Fong logic, uh, the start of the week is Monday. So we are still technically in the same week, which means we brought you three episodes this week. Eh? Eh? So yeah, we're going we're gonna to start it. We're getting ready for the start of the season. And uh, yeah, as you heard uh, with me, of course, is Fong. He is here. Hello. All right, so uh, some stuff happened. Uh, we went to a WWE show. We'll get to that um, later on. But uh, some stuff in the basketball world also happened. Uh, let's start, I guess, with some of the smaller ones. Although it is more regarding, let, let's start with the Kings, although it's a smaller kind of news. It's not like, you know, it's, it's not going to be Shams breaking news type thing. But uh, so uh, from since we last um, talked, uh, the Kings, so they actually signed Deontay Byrne and Chance Comanche, I think a, a little bit earlier to a camp deal. Uh, Jeremy Lamb has also been now signed, and Jalen Noel has also been signed to a camp deal. Uh, that basically puts the Kings at 21 players for training camp. The, the Kings have one full roster spot open, uh, not including two ways. So the, the roster, like with the kind of, end of the bench guys if you will because you know we know what the starting lineup is going to be we know what the bench is going to be uh so the one of the th uh three two ways so it's jordan ford keon ellis jalen slauson and uh kobe jones kessler edwards javel mcgee and alex led will probably be kind of the back end of the rotation and the kings now have one full roster spot open to reach 15 rosters uh players so um, out of the so like I just named you four guys: uh, Deontay Burton, Chance Comanche, Jeremy Lamb, and Jalen Noel. Any of those names interest you at all? Mm, I don't recall the first two to be honest. Uh, those as guys well are as, G League guys. So. I see. So not as much as Jalen Noel or Jeremy Lamb. And if I were to choose one out of those four, I'm gonna assume between Jalen Noel and Jeremy Lamb. And I'm kind of leaning towards more of um, Jeremy Lamb at this point of time, to be honest, just because, you know, Sabonis has played with Jeremy Lamb and I have a feeling he might get chosen out of those four. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, like uh, Jeremy Lamb actually really impressed me during his time here, honestly. Like I actually really like what he did, but I was kind of surprised. Well, not surprise but like i thought he would be on a team somewhere like last year so he actually didn't play at all last year in the nba uh maybe just he just needed to kind of take a year off and then uh come back uh this year but you know it it's, it was a little weird but I, I during his time here i thought he was good granted uh you know it was it was during the period where the king's were kind of tanking i honestly couldn't tell if they were trying to tank on purpose mm -hmm. but they lost a lot of games uh towards the end and jeremy lamb was part of that but i thought he was kind of a bright spot in his time here yeah i'd say it was just fine i mean it's 
kind I, I gotta say it's kind of hard to say just because you know like you said it was towards the end of um the season when we acquired him and Sabonis and uh the third guy kind of left my mind uh Justin Holiday Justin Holiday yeah but yeah I mean we were trying we didn't have anything figured out by then we didn't have um Mike Brown at that time of course so it's just a bunch of uh I don't want to say garbage time it's just things trying you just, to figure you just don't out. know like you just have players that like you know just went out there and did stuff but like you don't know if it's going to translate to a winning situation you know mm-hmm. it, it's tough but jeremy lamb did impress me in his time here his main issue is that he's rarely truly healthy for a long period of time so that might be the only problem but hopefully like you know the year off has kind of like given him time to rest some injuries um yeah i'd be interested in jeremy lamb what about jalen noel what do you think of him I think he's fine. Uh, I haven't watched too much of him since I want to say he was from Minnesota. He is from Minnesota. So I'm surprised he hasn't signed anywhere, I would say. Um, in terms of offense, I mean, I'm looking at his stats. It, it seems fine. He, uh, he's a he's a bucket getter, um, yeah. from what I remember. Um, in terms of defense, I, I mean, I <laughs> can't say that for uh, sure. According to James Am, it's terrible. Like apparently players shoot seven percent better when guarded by him, so it's not great. That's not okay. a great number at all. Um, but uh, what does his assist numbers look like? That's the thing I'm kind of interested in. Let's see his assist numbers. Uh, average two. Average two. Um, that's not great either. Like my impression of him, he's a like he's a bucket getter. He is out. He is comes off the bench and just gives you a little bit of an offensive spark whenever you need it. That's kind of what he was. Um. For the for the wolves like two years ago where he's not like a crazy efficient guy but he will like attack aggressively and create uh for you know just create off the bench and just give the bench like a much needed boost on offense like i didn't think he was anything problematic but he did stick out against the kings granted lots of players stick out against the kings especially like lower end role players they make kings make them look like superstars sometimes so you know, maybe my view of him is a little skewed, but I did like, like, from what I saw from him, I actually did like watching him play. Mm. Yeah, the only concerning thing about his stat line to me as of right now is that his three-point percentage dropped by 10 right? Yeah, by 10% the previous year he was in Minnesota. So that's, that doesn't sound good. Well, you know, we could always blame that Rudy Gobert just like we do with everything <laughs> like, <laughs> again, it, it was a weird situation i it, it's not great it, it's you know it may be a sign of just how inconsistent he can be um but you know hopefully like if he if he does get the roster spot and he gets playing time like specifically with some bonus like he's gonna get open shots oh yeah that's for sure so maybe it works out but like yeah the safer choice is probably jeremy lamb uh, but Jeremy Lamb, I believe, is close to 30 years old, and Jalen Noel is like 24. Does that do anything for you? Uh, not really, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice to have a young core at our uh, side, but I mean, just just knowing that Jeremy Lamb may be the better player between the two in terms of both sides of the floor, I'd think i'd rather choose jeremy even despite his age yeah 
Uh, it's tough for me. Like, I guess I'll be the contrarian here. I think I would rather just go with Jalen Noel just for that possible spark off the bench at one point. Like, you have stability now, like with uh, you know, Chris Duarte if you need it. And like, I don't know if you I don't know if Mike Brown wants as many, let's just call them uh well, you, you want to change up your style. You want to, like, get a guy who's, like, a a total microwave. And, you know, and one of the people that has, like, Minnesota people have compared him to on the Kings is that he's very Terrence Davis-esque. And Terrence Davis, for all his faults, causes a lot of chaos at when, he, when, he, when he was out there. And, you know, you might need that, that guy once, like, once every, or, like, every now and then just to muck things up and just, again, create just pandemonium out there and you know hopefully the kings can take advantage of that mm, i see now i guess another question is how long is this contract if they if we were to sign either of them because i feel like yeah long if it were to be a long term of course joe and noel but short term jeremy lamb more than likely a one-year deal i highly yeah. doubt more than that like maybe second year on guarantee type thing so yeah that's um, what I expect. Um, in terms of Deontay Burton and Chance Comanche, very unlikely they'll they'll make the team. Like this is probably to get them a raise more than anything. Um, but like maybe if they show out, like that would be very interesting. Like I do remember randomly catching Deontay Burton at a random game once, uh, watching rewatching some highlights. So I thought it was kind of funny. I think it was a Houston game. He just checked in. I was like, huh, Deontay, who's that? And then I mm. saw the back of his jersey, like Burton. Oh, Deontay Burton. Yeah, I guess we shall see who the Kings choose between these four. Uh, okay, so another just random, essentially random piece of news. The Kings apparently signed uh, James Akinjo uh, from the, I think, I think he was traded from, I, I don't even remember which G League team, but he was, he was part of a trade. And basically the Kings signed, the Sacramento Kings signed him. And then immediately waved waved him to again kind of give him like a little bit of a signing bonus. It's like maybe about a hundred k or like somewhere around there. Mm. It's a, it's a way to just kind of show some goodwill, like you know, it's it's, it's just a little move like that. So I thought that was interesting. But he the James Akinjo Akinjo or Akinjo will most likely be playing in Stockton. It's kind of like the uh, Scala BC year type type thing. Mm, I see. I mean. Good for them. Okay. Um. So, th so next piece of news, not really Kings related, not directly anyway. Uh. uh Draymond Green has uh, injured his ankle. It didn't. They didn't say if it was a practice or anything. I, well, at least I don't think I I read that. But he injured his ankle and will be out three to six weeks, which does does possibly put him in doubt for the opening game in Golden One Center. Oh. I mean, good thing for us, bad thing for the Warriors, I'd say. Or is it, or is it a bad thing for the Warriors? Because the one game he missed, uh, lot, uh, you know, in the playoffs, like the, the Warriors mm. won, you know? Yeah, it, that's true. He's always an interesting one. They might be able to survive that game, but we'll we'll, we'll see. It is, it is uh, unfortunate to hear that. Uh, hopefully he does have a speedy recovery because, you know, like as much as like you know, I I did not appreciate a lot of the shit Draymond did. I thought it was pretty funny when he was egging on the Golden One Center crowd, and apparently the, that noise did not come through on the TV because apparently people wanted blood in there. 
Yeah, I mean, it's always better in crowd, and uh, yeah, it's too bad that we were watching behind the screen. Yeah. Uh, but yes, he will, he not, well, we'll see. It's three to six weeks, which is actually a really wide, uh, really wide time timetable. Um, but we'll see if he's able to play uh, opening night against the Lakers. And then of course, opening night in the cool one center. Uh, so, so yeah, that is another piece of news. Okay. The big piece of news today, um, Sunday, October 1st, Drew Holiday has been traded for to the Celtics. And with the way the tweet was structured, I'll get into that a little bit later. So at least, like, according to my math, the Drew Holiday was traded to the Celtics for Robert Williams, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, two first-rounders. Uh, so the first first-rounder is a 2024 Warriors uh, first-rounder, top four protected. And the other one is from the Celtics, uh, 2029 unprotected. And if you're wondering what I mean by I had to do math for this, the way it came out on Woj's tweet, he he says, final tally on the Lillard trade. Portland gets DeAndre Ayton, Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Tomani Kamara, Kamara, three first-round picks, um, and then lists the, list the protections that I just to, uh, told about. The two 2029 picks and a 2028 and 2030 pick swap. So, so Woj kind of did some, let's just say... A, how how would I even how would I even say it without sounding like an asshole? Mm. Let's just say some paint, some extra like glitter on, on the on the yeah. on the food, or, or on the on the dish, and basically just make try to make the trade look a lot better in some ways, like the original Dame trade look a lot better, or maybe he just wanted to summarize it um like everything so everyone can, doesn't have to scroll through a bunch of tweets. But this is uh I thought it was a pretty funny way to kind of like you know just. Just kind of give his boy Joe Cronin a little bit more, a uh, little bit more juice, like hype up his man. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the trade I just between. No, just... I want to talk about the behind the scenes <laughs> shit. Okay, I'm okay. I'm let's talk about the trade. So yeah. Drew Holiday to the Celtics. They uh, they trade away Robert Williams and Malcolm Brockton. Um, that's basic. That's basically the trade. Um, you know excluding the pick so first thoughts i mean robert williams he'll be missed in celtics but injuries of course is very prevalent with him so that's gonna be it's too um, bad well it's too bad they don't have anyone else that gets injured on that team very often though ah. so, no, 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 yeah and malcolm Brogdon, i i thought he was gonna be staying but i i, I oh, guess from, not well from what i heard like apparently behind the scenes malcolm was really pissed that they tried to uh trade him i bet <laughs> like or, like earlier because they they try to put they try to do like some version of the uh kp trade but like it, it involved the clippers instead of memphis Oh. Apparently, uh, apparently Malcolm was not pleased when he heard about that because that tr- that trade actually did go through, but apparently he failed the physical, which you know, which you know, fucked up the trade, and then they pivoted to the uh, Marcus Smart trade, basically. Mm, I see. I mean, in a way, I guess it's fine if you lose him. It'll be interesting to see how this like full out squad with Drew, KP, if he's healthy and uh brown and tatum will uh fare off and 
Uh, who else would be playing next? The, um... Derek White. Like that is good. This is going to be a nasty defensive squad. Now, granted, without Robert Williams, like they do lose a little bit of rim protection, but uh, again, KP should replace a lot of them. Al Horford's really good. It, it's a nasty. Def- it's a nasty lineup. Yeah, definitely a lineup that can, uh, what you want to call it, face against the Bucks pretty well since you know since they got. Uh, eh. Dame and now you have Drew to uh, guard Dame at that point. And you can have you can put Derek White on him. You can put Jer- um was it Jalen Brown on him and like you know rotate him between Chris Middleton and uh and what's it called Damian Lillard. Like they have a lot of options and like the defense is going to be really really nasty. What about the offensive end? Do you, what do you feel about the offensive fit there? They're they're gonna have to figure it out. <laughs> like. I mean, in terms of the playoffs, it's it feels like it's just a crapshoot when it comes to uh, their offense. And I'm like I said, I'm pretty sure they'll figure it out. Uh, the defense will carry a heavy weight for them, anyways, in terms of uh, whoever they face in the playoffs. And if they do face the Bucks, I feel like, I mean, you're just gonna have to let Giannis cook. That's about it, and just guard whoever else that's in the Milwaukee. You just hope that Al Horford holds up because, like, my God, you're going to rely on him to guard him now because I don't know if KP can really do it. Like, you know, Al Horford's a very smart defender, a very, a very built and thick boy. He's got grown man strength to hold off Giannis, but like, man, he, he's going to have to work. And I don't know if he's going to last seven games against Giannis. So they're probably going to maybe even put Tatum on him and stuff like that. We'll, we'll see if that's a viable option, but like, that the the guard they got the guard like um the guard position completely on lockdown though like mm. Derek White is an incredible defender like against like twos and some threes as well and like ones and Drew Holiday is one of the best although we did see some slippage last year so we'll see if that's just an anomaly against the Heat or is that if it's a real thing but on the mm. offensive end they still don't have a fucking point guard they refuse to get one it's incredible. Yeah, sadly enough. But you know, maybe next year. Like I, I cannot get over. Like, granted, it kind of makes more sense now that they trade away Robert Williams, but Tyus Jones was in there. I don't know why he traded for KP. I, I'm not a fan of KP. That's why. But um, yeah, ultimately, like he's been Drew's basically a Marcus Smart replacement. Like, that's really what he is. And they basically even got better. They got a better version of Marcus Smart if you want to if you want to like look at it that way. So, you know, I, I thought this was a really good trade by the Celtics. Um, they although like their depth will be interesting. Like I, I'm guessing Payne Pritchard's going to play a little bit more now. Like, it, and like their big man rotation, like Kata maybe gets more minutes. So that's actually going to be interesting as the third big possibly, or like Luke Cornett, Mister, you know, jump in the air to contest um so that it's going to be interesting but like yeah it's it's a it's an arms race between them and uh them and the bucks now yeah i mean between the two who you think will go further hmm. right now i'm going to say the celtics because uh, i don't know the bucks like it, it's just that when they get into the playoffs like teams scout them out and like if they have like the guys and I think the I think the the Bucks do have the guy or the Celtics do have the guys. Like honestly, like why why not put Drew on Giannis? See how that goes, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, like you have the guys against to kind of like form a wall against Giannis, and Giannis has in the past has proven to be really be not be too creative in terms of solving that puzzle. Hmm. I see. Yeah, I I might have to go with the Celtics as well in terms of uh, how far they could go because I mean, Bucks. If they do face against the Celtics, it's gonna be like I said, just Giannis and even Chris Milton is gonna get guarded pretty well. <laughs> it's just Giannis at that point, and maybe Brooke Lopez if he can hit his shots. Although I will say, it like like I look, I can I can change my mind on this. It's very close. The Bucks do have a legit point guard who won't do dumb shit. Hopefully. Hmm. The Celtics do not have a point guard, and we have seen the Wings do some dumb shit in the past. Like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, as talented as they are, can do can do some really, really questionably dumb shit at the end of games. Now, granted, you can you can come right back and say say that against the Bucks, but like I imagine the ball is gonna be in Dame's hands, and he's gonna make some good decisions. I I that's what I would assume. Yeah, I could you you could say that I guess. I mean, hopefully I mean, even though it's been only a year, hopefully Jalen Brown and Tatum um kind of get their shit together in that sort of sense, but I mean, hey, hey we'll that's just... one one reason for Jalen Brown not to go left. You know, you got Drew now. So <laughs> Uh, I guess we shall see how this season goes in the East because now the Heat have more competition. And you know, like congratulations to the Celtics. I actually really like what they what they did now. Like adding making the KP trade, like now like trading for Drew. Like, good job, Brad Stevens, just like he drew it up. Yeah, it's that like you said, no point guard yet. All right, with that out of the way, actually, one more thing out of the way. So a uh, little behind the scenes for you guys. Uh, f- so this is uh, about 20 minutes after what you just heard, because we usually take a little bit of a break. Uh, I actually have to explain to me, the j- or explain to me, explain to Fong the joke that I just made. You know, just like how exactly it was, dr- or how Brad's even drew it up. Yeah, I had to explain that to Fong uh, during the break. So there's that. Okay, with, with that, <laughs> with that out of the way. Uh, let's talk about, you know, the main event. Let's talk about some wrestling. So we we did we did uh, announce that we were going to be at SmackDown in Sacramento on, what was it, the 29th, I believe? Mm-hmm. It, and yeah, we went there. Like, I was very, I was actually very skeptical about what kind of show it was going to be because, like, d- regular WWE TV, even in the Triple H era, is so hit or miss. A lot of time and i was i you know i was like a little bit worried maybe this was going to be one of those stinker type episodes where nothing really happens there's no no real matches there's no real story progression because broman isn't there but lo and behold it was a really good episode of, of smackdown i mean yeah i gotta say so as well like i've been to episodes back in like san jose and you know the raw I don't know how long ago, uh, back in Sacramento, and they were all right. But I gotta say, this one, it's one of the better ones for sure. 
It definitely is. Like, so, okay, so how do you want to start? Do you want to start with, like, just the, like, the order of the show? Or do you want to, like, go to, or go with the biggest thing? Or essentially backwards? Uh, we might as well just go backwards because, I mean, half the show, it's, you know, whatever to me, in my opinion. But, uh, I mean, the big thing. <laughs> we got to talk about the big thing. Well, um, so uh, it was building up the entire day. Like, I don't even know if it was, was it kayfabe. I assume it was kayfabe. So John Cena apparently was not at the show at the beginning of the show. And he literally arrived, like, quote unquote, um, like right before the main event. It was like literally 20 or 10 minutes left in the show. And he finally shows up. And then he comes out to, you know, an enormous pop. And, you know, he does his little promo. He doesn't have a partner and against the bloodline of Fastlane. And, you know, he's he's going to fight them one two-on-one if they need to. Cue the bloodline coming out. They beat him up because it's, it's two-on-one. The odds are not in John Cena's favor. And then, but who, what, okay, so they actually, uh, they actually get him on the table. They beat him down. They get on the table. Um, what so, Solo's about to, sp- like, do a frog splash through the table on him. But who should show up but L.A. Knight and the pop when he came out? I don't think it came came through well enough on TV because I thought it was deafening when he came out. It was, you know, the L.A. hits and the crowd just got, went crazy. I mean, yeah, once you hear that uh, song pop up, you, you got to stand up. Everyone's Everyone stood up right away, I felt, uh, when that song played and... Yeah, I mean, everyone just was into it really hard. Like, uh, LA night, I mean, would have happened last episode, but now it happened in this episode. It was just meant to be like, just everything just came together for him to show up in Sacramento and get the biggest pop of his career so far. And, like, you know, there's a lot of comparisons. Like, you know, you can talk about like maybe Money in the Bank was the loudest just because there were so many people, but. I, man like the the pop was insane like i got so many notifications on my uh on my apple watch of just you know loud loud environment like it's too loud like your your ears are gonna like or you're gonna go deaf my ears were uh pretty deaf after after the show i'll just say that it was a lively crowd oh yeah and compared to the other shows that um you know have come to sacramento i mean you mentioned that you know where, where the cameras were supposed to be. There weren't really that much of a crowd before, but it seemed like the whole stadium, for the most part, was pretty much full. And like on like if you went outside the Golden One Center, it was sold out. And like it it looked like that. Even the second floor, you look up, it's filled with people. And like I like I remember going to No Mercy. Like you know you you have the hard campsite. Of like where it shows you know the crowd which were, which was where we were sitting at but then you look at the other side like it's it's pretty empty it's pretty dead on the other side but this show it, it was all filled and yeah again loud crowd that was really into just about everything and you know la night you could tell was probably the most over guy like it in the building because even if you just walk around the concourse you would just have a random guy go yeah and then a bunch of other people would, you know, respond back. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I mean, John Cena did a good job as well selling uh, LA Knight for this. Um, oh, we'll talk I, about a selling. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, for this, I, I guess you could say promo. But other than that, I mean, I, 
I remember you mentioned that it's too bad that he didn't get on the mic because man, if he got on the mic, I bet that crowd would be even wilder. It, it was right there too. Like he was standing like on it at one point. I'm just like, pick up that mic, just say, let me talk to you. And that's all you got to do. And then just, that's how the show closes. Like however you want to do it. But he did not, he, he came out, he got his pop. It was, it was incredible. And then it, of course it went to the two dark matches, which were pretty amazing. Uh, the, the John, so John Cena then uh, faced Dominic Mysterio afterwards. Like, yeah, the Dominic, the Dominic hype is is real. It like a lot. There have been a lot of people accusing of a WWE piping in noise for for like you know for his promos because he's been getting booed at, like out of his fucking mind like in every single show like to the point where you cannot hear his promos. Well, guess what? We couldn't hear. I couldn't hear a single thing he was saying during his promo at all. <laughs> yeah, like you could barely understand him. And I I mean, give credit to the Sacramento crowd. Like we've been to Sacramento Kings games. It just felt almost as if uh like the same energy between, you know, if it were to be a Kings game or, you know, a WWE show like we witnessed in uh on SmackDown. Yeah, like again, it, it was just a, a great crowd. Like I mean, this has got to be an audition of of sorts. Like, of just, you know, come to Sacramento. Like, you'll get a really good crowd reaction. I don't think we'll ever, I don't think we'll get a, a Royal Rumble or anything like that. That would be fucking amazing. But, like, you could do, like, Survivor Series or something like that. Uh, like, just a, a big, some, some sort of big event. I don't think they'll do Money in the Bank here either, just because they do that at, like, these weird baseball field type things. But, like, look, come to Sacramento. Like, we love wrestling here. Like it, it, I didn't. I didn't think like we were a big wrestling town, but apparently we we fucking are. Holy shit! Oh yeah, I mean they got redeemed themselves for Hell in a Cell, so hopefully they'll come back soon for a pay per view. Yeah. Uh. So D- Dominic uh, against uh, John Cena when um, SmackDown went off the air, like it was a fine match. It's you know like Cena like sold a lot. Like Dominic basically beat up uh, John Cena. John Cena makes his comeback. And yeah, it's it's kind of your typical John Cena match, except with him just selling a lot. Um, but like, I, I thought I thought it could have been cut down. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like, you get a little extra treat. Why not? Like, you get to see John Cena wrestle. Um, and then you, of course we got Gunther versus Seth Rollins for the world ch- world title. Apparently, that's how you knew. Ex- that's why I knew exactly. Like, yeah, it's gonna be a <laughs> DQ. Like going into it. it, it's not on TV and it's for the world title. It's got DQ written all over it. Yeah. Um, it was a fun. It was a fun match. Although I will say, Walter's chops. I thought they were gonna be way more powerful. I guess maybe it just doesn't come off as well. Like it, like you know, it just doesn't come off as well as an arena. If you're like maybe up close, you could hear it better. But his um, his chops were not as loud as I anticipated it was going to be. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like one of Seth Rollins's um slaps sounded a lot louder. <laughs> not gonna lie, compared to uh Gunther's chops. But I mean, it is what it is. It's a dark match. It's not meant to be, I guess, as serious as an actual uh whatchamacallit match for um views. So I mean it's nice enough to see Gunther and uh even Seth Rollins just be on the ring, even though you know they're in the other brand. Yeah, it was it was a fun little match. You, you, you basically kind of ran through the hits in a way and not in a bad way. Like you know, they just they did their thing and then like when it came came time for the finish, uh the two guys 
the uh, Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser, uh, I believe are the names. Like they came in and caused a DQ. By the way, Ludwig Kaiser, a lot, lot taller in person. Like there's something about like certain um, certain wrestlers that they if on TV it's just that they don't look very tall or big. Like uh, uh, from what I've heard, Baron Corbin apparently is huge in person. Like for whatever reason, the uh, it just doesn't come through on TV. But Ludwig Kaiser, like a lot taller than I imagined for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, I never noticed. I mean, how tall is he really? Uh, he's yeah. like he's not that far off from Gunther, and Gunther is a good like maybe six three, six four. Oh well, according to Google, Ludwig is six three. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a pretty tall guy. Like yeah. So like it was really cool. Uh, after after the match, like Seth Rollins thanked the crowd. He got the crowd to do a tribute to a uh, Ric Flair. He even made fun of uh Roman Reigns, which was which was a fun little shot. I wonder if that's going to lead to anything. But um, yeah. So o- overall, just a great show. I I enjoyed the shit out of that. Out of that. Wait, tribute to Ric Flair? Or... Oh, Ric Flair. Oh, I meant Bray Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so, very different people. Very different. Very different. But uh, okay, let's uh, kind of go backwards with some, which is some of the uh, stuff that happened. So right before that, uh, before the uh, LA Knight and John Cena thing, uh, Charlotte Flair beat Bailey. Um, I thought it was a pretty fun thing. Like Charlotte called out Bailey for basically like, what the fuck? You used to be a four horse horsewoman. <laughs> now you're just second fiddle to EO Sky. So they have a match. Bailey's really frustrated, which was actually a really fun part of the match. And then, you know, and then like some shenanigans happens, uh, you know, and then um, what's it called? Charlotte just hits a spear out of nowhere and gets the pin. That, that was a bit, I didn't like that finish, but then, um, then they, then damage control surrounds the ring. Asuka's music hits, they clear out and, and then Bailey keeps talking, keeps talking, kind of talking shit. And then all of a sudden just, Oh, okay. So Asuka says something on Japanese, which I thought was kind of fun. And then and then Bailey just responded by saying, You got you want a triple threat match with EO Sky and Charlotte? You got it. And EO is looking at Bailey like, what the fuck? I didn't agree with any <laughs> of this. And yeah, so I thought it was a pretty fun little thing. I'm kind of curious to see what where this is leading with Bailey. This is kind of an interesting little arc. Eh. I mean, I feel like the group will, uh, you know, disperse. Maybe, I mean, maybe Bailey will become a fourth horseman again, in some sort of sense, maybe. But I mean, between the three, not gonna lie, I don't even know who I would win, want to win, or want them to win. So, I mean, it's I'm I think they're gonna I think Charlotte is gonna they're trying to like beef up like I think she's at thirteen or fourteen now. Like they're gonna try and beat a uh, Ric Flair's record, uh, like at sixteen. So, you know, like Charlotte Flair's win wins. Charlotte wins. Lowell is a meme out there, and th- this would, you know, be on brand for that. Uh, sadly enough, I mean, I want to lean towards Asuka, but they, they've been doing such dirty, <laughs> like, uh, what you call it, um, setups for her. So, yeah, I'm not expecting that 
Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Dakota Kai for just being out there. She is definitely still injured, and apparently she's nowhere near returning. I thought it was just so funny. As long as soon as you see, like, you know, some shenanigans was supposed to happen outside, you immediately saw her just get the fuck away from, from the situation, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. But yeah, I totally understand. Shout out to her for just being out there, like in real in a really like thick knee brace too. Mm, oh yeah. All right. So this was probably the match of the night. Uh Santos Escobar versus Rey Mysterio for the US title. Um it was a it was a really fun cruiserweight match. Like, you know, like not to even like bring race into this, like they're like they're basically just making this kind of the Mexicans, the like kind of the Mexican uh division in a way, because it just feels like he's like they're just facing off against each other. That's basically what the storyline has led to. But god damn, like people from like wrestlers from the same countries are so good at wrestling each other. Like Eos Eo Sky and Asuka are amazing. I remember what like Kyrie against Eo Shirai back in the day was amazing. And then, like, you have uh, Rey Mysterio back in the day. This was when I was, like, went just back into Rey Mysterio was, you know, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. <laughs> like, that was an amazing, like, uh, matchup. Like, and then Santos Escobar versus Rey Mysterio, the same thing. They they wrestle a very, the s- same kind of style. They can do flips all over the place. And they have incredible chemistry together. And it was, a, it, it was definitely, like, you know, a match that, you know, you usually don't get on TV, and we got to hear like live. Yeah, I mean, especially for Ray Mysterio's age, which man, I still can't believe he's close to what fifty almost. Yeah, you wouldn't know. Like, just, like it's it's almost like his prime just never ends. He's he's almost like the LeBron in a way. He's just ageless. Yeah, and I mean, Prosto Santos, I I really thought it would be a lot quicker match uh between those two but i mean they they played it out so well for each uh bump flip i mean set up and even uh what's the word i guess just didn't expect uh some uh some moves or outcomes to come about i guess yeah, like it it felt like the story they were trying to tell was that um Santos like knows Ray Mysterio. He knows his moves. And he and he was, he was able to counter a lot of his moves. Like there was one like in the finishing sequence where he blocks a 619 but then still succumbs to it. I think I think Ray did like a did like a hurricane rana and puts him right back in the ropes and he hits it. But then like Ray misses the frog splash and you know, he then tries to pin him and it still doesn't work. And basically, he's just, it's the story is like, even though he had him scouted, he just, he couldn't finish the job. And, and, and you know, after the match, it, it looked like he, uh, basically, the finish was like, you know, he goes for the pin and then gets rolled up by, uh, rolled up by Ray for the win. And it looks like he was really devastated that he lost and possibly could have turned on, uh, on Ray. But instead, before that could happen, the Street Profits in their beautiful suits come in and attack, uh, attack them and then uh bobby lashley shows up uh so to, to just kind of uh give you a bit of a recap if you did not watch the match so bobby lashley did a grayson waller effect terrible show by the way um did a grayson waller effect where we couldn't hear what he said <laughs> it was a really bad segment and uh, he where he couldn't hear what he said and then the street prophets came out and won another chance and bobby lashley basically said prove to me you guys are worth it or i'm done with you guys and so this was basically a continuation of that storyline, which was really nice to see. So they come in and attack 
uh, Santos and Rey Mysterio. Um, Bobby Lashley comes out, and then the rest of LWO come out to try and save uh, Rey and Santos from uh, from the new Hurt business or from the Street Profits. And they fail. Like Bobby Lashley literally elbows one guy into the abyss. It was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny. And then yeah, they stand tall. And yeah, it looks like it looks like these guys are kind of back together. And they're gonna have a match at Fastlane, a triple threat or not a triple threat, a six man match with the uh, Street Profits and Bobby Lashley against the LWO. So that's good. That's really cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting how this storyline will play out. I feel like it's gonna be. Ray versus Bobby in the future, maybe. Maybe that. I mean, like that definitely would be a perfect guy to dethrone Ray. Um, yeah, but my God, the the suit that Bobby Lashley wore—it just—he's <laughs> so buff, like that. It, and like, um, it it just didn't look like it was a tailored suit. So it just made him look really fat. But yeah. like, you know, of course, we know we know what's under the what's under that uh what's under that suit. It's muscles upon muscles upon muscles. Yeah, not gonna lie, he looked like a little chicken nugget out there. Like his his pants were all like skin tight. I mean, his suit, like you said, it's yeah, not tailored at all. <laughs> it was like a weird cream color too. It was a it was a weird color. I thought too. It was just what what are you doing, like Bobby, like or like whoever was just like saying, can you just get a different jacket? Like it just makes you look fat. It really did. Yeah, and the glasses kind of put it all together too. Like. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. I, I, I like the story. I, I love how they continued it. Like, it looked it looked like they were going to save, save this for, like, next week. And by the time it, it gets to next week, you're probably going to forget that this happened. But it's good that they kept this thing fresh. And, like, man, they need to change the Street Profits theme music. It's way too hyped. Like, it, it's a baby face uh, theme song. They need to change their theme song somehow. Hmm. Well, I guess we shall see if that ever changes. All right. What's the what's the next thing? So uh <laughs> so Austin Theory had a match against uh against Cameron Grimes. Uh, look, look, I like Cameron Grimes. I could not be given I could not be given a, like if you pay me money to go see Austin Theory, I would not care right now. He is so unbelievably generic right now. I will say though, that he has yoked us. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, for me, sadly, it was my bathroom break <laughs> before the rest of the show. So, oh yeah, our entire our entire group just went to went to the bathroom, and actually, we tried to actually get into the stands uh, to try and get the Sacramento Kings uh, a SmackDown sac- a SmackDown in Sacramento um, shirt. But holy shit, the lines were long. Like, I guess everyone else had the same idea that they needed to get the shirt during Austin Theory's segment. <laughs> oh, it, it's just like no, no shade to Austin Theory. He, he's a great wrestler and seemingly a great dude behind the scenes. But holy shit, this is the biggest black mark on Triple H's reign as Booker. Like he he has not been able to kind of he he basically has kind of ruined Austin Theory, although like he like he has the Vince McMahon stink about him. And like as I mentioned, like he is a generic as fuck heel as you can get. Like he he does like you know he feels so scripted. Like he's he he just feels he feels like a guy that's you know like created by management, like a creative wrestler type type guy. Even though he even though he can be actually very endearing as we've seen before, but WWE has basically turned him into Baron Corbin. 
And it's really unfortunate for him. And, of course, Cameron Grimes as well. Yeah, I mean, hopefully creative will make things uh, different. But yeah, for now, it, it is what it is. We'll see. Like, he needs a change of some sort. I don't know what it is, what it's going to be. And Grayson Waller's, like, mm. I'm, I'm not into him. He, he, like, you don't want to talk about generic. He's, he's pretty generic. Yeah. But, hey, he mentioned lighting the beam. That's all oh, I could was, re- Oh, was that him? Oh, I thought it was someone yeah. else. Yeah, it was him. But, I mean, coming from him, I mean, yeah, it, it, was for a cheap, it was for a cheap pop. We, we yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, hope. But yeah, like uh, unfortunately for Austin Theory, this was our piss break match. Unfortunately, well, um, so he did get into it with Dragon Lee, who was uh, who was ringside, which maybe that's setting up something. I'm not sure what that's gonna be, but that that might be interesting. Maybe it's Austin Theory versus Dragon Lee down the line. Yeah, I guess we shall see. And then, uh, uh, as we mentioned, Grayson Waller had a Grayson Waller effect with Bobby Lashley, where we couldn't hear what he said. Um, so okay. So this was the star of the show. So Jimmy Uso and uh, Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa come. And, you know, they cut their usual opening promo. It's about 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden, Carl Anderson shows up and, and attacks and actually clears the ring of uh, clears the ring of the three. And then it goes into a match where it's a pretty it's a pretty like ho-hum match opening match. Jimmy Uso beats Carl Anderson and then they attack Carl Anderson, Carl Anderson. After the match, when they leave, uh, Meechin or um, Mia Yim, if for those of you who used to watch NXT, comes out and Jay or Jimmy is talking some shit and she just slaps him and Jimmy looks like an idiot. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, pretty much after they did what I guess a little a video package of Jimmy just bossing everyone around in the backstage and Lo and behold, Paul Heyman had to call the big boss. You, you know what would have been? Look, it, it makes no fucking sense if this would have happened. Like, you know who would have been e- an even better partner than LA Knight? A bigger surprise? Who? What if it was Roman instead? <laughs> oh, God. And, again, it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. But, like, that would have been amazing. Like, you know, like, the the Roman music hits is like, yeah, we would have exploded for that. Oh, fuck man i can't imagine by everyone expecting la night but roman music hits Ooh. and then for and then again this makes no storyline sense if he is the partner of of uh of john cena that would be pretty that would be hilarious honestly but you know and that may- was never gonna happen yeah and maybe maybe la night comes out like as a uh during fast lane and you know does something it joins the bloodline i don't know you know it's not, it's not making any sense anyways why not just keep going with it but uh yeah so that that really 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 great show oh by the way uh the dark match before this show the show before the show actually started was a uh, brawling brutes versus uh was it ashante the adonis i keep wanting to say chiseled adonis but ashante the adonis uh, he talked a little bit shit about sacramento and uh, so after this match with uh, Carl Anderson and uh, Jimmy Uso, for some reason, Jimmy Uso was beating up, beating up um, Ashante in the back and then uh, and then Solo put him through a table. I guess that's what you get for talking shit about Sacramento. I, I don't know why he was being attacked. That was really weird. Hey, Solo, born in Sacramento. And, yeah, Solo. J- and Jimmy, of course, 
uh, born in the Bay. So the rock born in the Bay as well. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's that connection, but you know, they're not going to go deep into that. But yeah, ultimately I love, I love this show. It, it was, it was incredible. Like it was loud. It was just, it was so hype. Could not have asked for a better show to go to. Honestly, this was, I was not expecting it to enjoy it as much as I did, but Man, I, man, we picked a great show to go to. Yeah, definitely out of all the shows, it this has gotta be the best I've seen in person. And yeah, just like it, it is, it is like it actually makes the show a lot more enjoyable. Like normally, if I'm watching like the opening promo with um, Jimmy, I would have just skipped ahead. Because <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's some pretty generic stuff. Like you know, we're in Sacramento. And then like, you know, Jim and then like Jimmy this, Roman this, it's like, eh, whatever. But like watching it live is a lot more fun. Oh, yeah. Especially how he grabs the mic from Paul Heyman twice already throughout the show. Yeah, I'm curious to see where the storyline is supposed to go. It, he's definitely become a bit of a stooge, uh, Jimmy has. Like just a guy who's a little bit out of control, like, you know, definitely like puts his foot in his mouth type type thing. I, w- I wonder where this is going, especially in contrast to, you know, Jay being main event Jay Uso on the other show. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, we're still expecting what The Rock is going to do, I guess. So I guess we'll see. Make more movies now. Eh, I mean, the strike hasn't been... Um... Well, the oh, writer, the writer strike is ending. The actors hasn't, but like uh, the Rock is no typical actor. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But like you know, it, it is it is interesting. Um, it's the only the only complaint I really have is that you know Roman did get the Roman wasn't there. You know, why why not like the trifecta in Sacramento? But it it, it was not to be. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, very enjoyable show. I mean, if if I guess if you're listening to this in a different area for whatever reason, like if WWE ever comes to your town, like definitely go to one. It, it was it was really it was really fun to go to, and apparently um, Fastlane will be in Indianapolis, where Tyrese Halliburton, you know, noted wrestling fan, will be there. Ooh, yeah, def- he's definitely gonna be there. Yeah, so really, really enjoyable show, as we mentioned. Um, so yeah. Okay, uh, I guess last piece of just quick wrestling news. We just finished a Wrestle Dream, and the big headline: Edge or Adam Copeland. <laughs> Adam Copeland has <laughs> debuted at a at Wrestle Dream. It was a it was a great debut. They they actually kept his music, which was very surprising. The only difference is that they changed the "You Think You Know Me" line. So that so that was pretty interesting. So the it was really weird because the 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 main event. Like you had like Kenny Omega on the show, you had Hangman Page on the show, you, you even had Daniel Bryan versus Zack Saber Jr. on the show, and of all things, the main event it's it's Christian versus Darby Allen, which was really weird, and like that basically signaled like it Edge had to debut, and then they have like the you know spoiler if you haven't watched the show, but like Nick Wayne attacks, like betrays uh, Darby Allen, hits him with a belt, the the match ends, and then it transitions to a beatdown. And like at that point, you're like Edge has to come out. Like they're continuing this angle wherever the hell is leading. Like somebody has to come save him. And then and then we hear cheers. There's no music, but there's cheers. And then we see it's Sting. 
So Sting comes out, and then he, and then you know he he get he gets he he kind of runs wild for a little bit, but then Luchasaurus comes in and kind of I guess evens the odds, and and Christian is about to concerto Sting, and then the music hits, and it is Edge, like he's actually in AEW. Like there have been rumors, like well, like it basically happened almost report like full on reported that he was coming to AEW. It was heavily implied because. WWE had removed him from just about everything, like, from their website. Like, he wasn't even in, like, the... I don't think he's even in the alumni section anymore. And it was it was basically pointing to this. And I, like, it just... It does take a while. It's it's a bit like the Jay Cargill thing uh, to WWE, where, like, you kind of have to take a second to, like, oh, shit, this is actually a thing now. So, yeah, Adam Copeland is now in AEW and he is a face. He attacked Christian and his crew and cleared the ring and shook hands with a Sting and Darby Allen. Try to say that, put that on your bingo card for 2024 or 2023. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how this goes. I mean, not going to lie, this is the first, I guess, small segment of AEW that I've watched in quite a while. So, yeah, it's good for um, Adam to, you know, continue wrestling after you know all the years he's been in WWE and hopefully you know knock on wood no more injuries from here on out for however many years he's gonna still keep on wrestling yeah like the one good thing I guess about like AEW they do kind of take care of their legends like they like we talk about Sting they've taken they've taken care of Sting so well and like I don't know how they've done it well I kind of know but like it's so hard to explain where He's this dude is like 60 some years old. He's not that much younger than Ric Flair. Yet he's like wrestling like pretty on the regular, but they protect him so well. Like they don't let him take like crazy bumps. They make things as simple as possible. And it's it is really, really like great how they've taken care of Sting. Yeah. Like I said, hopefully AEW takes care of Edge. And uh I guess for What's the next AEW show? I I guess they'll announce what they're gonna do. Yeah, I don't actually know what their next wrestling show is, but you know, like it's gonna be quite a few. It's gonna be maybe a month or two of like just TV, and then it's gonna lead to a pay per view, and then yeah, we'll see. We'll see what uh what happens then. Uh, really nice to see. Um, really nice to see. Uh, again, Adam Copeland come to AEW, and this should breathe a little bit of new life and give the give AEW a little bit of positivity because. It's not been great as of late. They like we just talked about how well they take care of guys. They've had a lot of injuries lately. Like John Moxley was concussed. Uh, he was actually in on the show commentating, and yeah, it was interesting <laughs> to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Bryanson, yeah, Daniel Bryanson, Daniel Bryan just came back, or Brian Danielson just came back. So hopefully he stays healthy. Um, yeah, so you know, finally maybe some momentum going towards AEW side. Yep, I guess we shall see. <laughs> All right. Well, that was definitely a lot of wrestling talk. Uh, but yeah, it was a we had a we just had a lot of stuff happen. Like we went to a show, it was awesome, and then of course we just had an awesome debut from uh from Edge or Adam Copeland. He's not Edge, by the way. If, if you're wondering why we're calling him Adam Copeland, but, <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Hopefully you guys enjoy like I guess this change of pace. Uh, if you guys do like this wrestling content, do feel free to message us. Uh, our email is. To, to, uh, no, I don't actually link the email at the bottom, but you are, I think you can leave a comment um, on the episode. So yeah, let, let us know what you think. So 
anyways, I'm, I'm kind of, I am, I'm done for now. Uh, do you have anything else you want to quickly talk about? Mm, not that I could think of, I hope, I mean, still a month away till regular season, I guess you could say. Yep. Training, uh, media day is tomorrow. So we'll see what comes out of that. And then if there is a lot of stuff that comes out of that, we'll be definitely coming out with a quick episode about it. Oh yeah. Uh, you want to quickly talk about the 49ers winning? They beat the Cardinals, who looked pretty good against the Cowboys last week. Yeah, it seemed like they were, or Cardinals were, for some reason, coming like slowly coming back. I mean, for some reason, they're four and two in our in Levi's, <laughs> which is odd. 11, um, was it eleven and zero with Brock Purdy now, or something like that? Right. Uh, eleven and zero. Wait, what do you mean? 11, oh, eleven and zero when he's healthy. Is, oh, is, is the stat? I see. Yeah, I think that's the stat. I I can't remember. It's either but... thirteen or eleven. I just don't remember what the number is. Yeah, but all I can say is Christian McCaffrey just balled out, <laughs> pretty much scoring multiple touchdowns. And I mean, at that point, I kind of went to the gym because I kind of knew it was already uh, a done deal. Shout out to the Denver Broncos for coming back from that 70 point. <laughs> what do you what do you want to call that? Beat down, you know, being being thrown into the SmackDown hotel. I don't know. Like, so they actually managed to beat the uh, Chicago, not Bears, right? Isn't yeah. Bears? Yeah, they managed to beat the Chicago Bears. So congratulations to them. Are are they out of the playoff race already? It's 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 only the fourth week. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to Chisel the Donis's uh, commentary. He had said like they are they're basically out already. I'm like, really? Only the fourth week? Uh, I would have to check through what you call it the standings, but one in three, I think. So yeah, one in three. But I mean, at this pace, they they might as well be out for this season. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, Broncos country. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Chisel Donna said, let's die. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it become it was bad last week. It's become a meme. Wait, it's just pretty funny. Uh, Miami comes down to earth though. They loot they lost only by 28 um to the to the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, they, they come back down to earth and uh we'll see what the dolphins are. Oh, yeah, we shall see. Okay, well, that's all we have uh, for this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, the extended wrestling talk. Hopefully you enjoyed three episodes during the summer, right before the season starts. So, yeah, um, again, send us your thoughts if you, if, you, if you want to, if you want to leave a comment. If you want to email us, uh, I'll put the link in the email, or I'll, pick, I'll put the link in the description if you want to email us. Uh, otherwise, if you have nothing else, Fall, let's call this an episode. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Yep, we'll see you guys later.